The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. are entering the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour with Josh Dunn and Anchu Kana. You are now in the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. I am Josh Dunn. I am joined, as always, by Anchu Kana. If you guys have not heard our previous episode this week, recapping week three uh go back and listen to that and then come back and join us here as we look ahead to week four aren't you how are you this evening i am doing awesome i am ready for week four and the many impending losses that our teams are likely to suffer how about yourself a lot of primetime games for the co-hosts of this show we've got green bay kicking the week off and then the other bookend is going to be my Bengals taking on the pittsburgh steelers which you always love it is Steelers week, my friend. We're going into Pittsburgh. You know it's going to be beautiful. Everything's good. <laughs> Tweets from 929 2019 <laughs> All right, we going to walk through each and every game for you guys. We are going to talk about fantasy football. We are going to talk about betting. We're looking at BovadaSportsBook.com to give us all of our lines. And Anju, it is Green Bay kicking off the week. They're going to take on the Eagles. And Bovada's got them as five-point favorites. How do you see this one, my friend? I do not feel good about that line. I'll tell you right now, I think the Eagles keep it very close, if not win it outright. The Packers offenses or defense, which has looked very good, um, has played Mitch Trubisky, Kirk Cousins, and Joe Flacco. So Carson Wentz, a totally different beast. We alluded on the previous show to Alshon Jeffrey being back for this game. Dallas Goddard should be healthier for this game. And uh, I fully expect the Eagles to look much, much better, although they will be without Ronald Darby, their best corner. So that means Devontae Adams is an absolute must start. Any prop involving him with the touchdown, I would bet on. I absolutely love Adams this week. He is so overdue to score a touchdown. It's not even funny. So fire up Devonte Adams in any way possible. Yeah, those are the two storylines. Well, for me, it's it's the the health of the Philadelphia Eagles and, you know, which receivers they get back. If any, Alshon Jeffrey was a full participant uh, early in the week, so he looks to, to be back likely. But uh, Deshaun Jackson, very likely that he will not play. Uh, and then on the other side, it's for Green Bay. What What's going on with this this backfield? I, obviously, the, the touches have become more and more split as we've we've gone on but Aaron Jones has been the fantasy guy who stood out because of the touchdowns that he's added uh it, it's definitely an interesting matchup there's a lot of fantasy implications in this one there's a lot of people you're starting uh, I agree with you I think that line is a little scary at, at, at five points but uh I I think that this game is close. I, I kind of like the under here as well. They've got it at 46 on Bovada. I feel like I could see this one being a low-scoring affair, especially when you look at the way Green Bay's defense has been playing this year, and Carson Wentz has been somewhat inconsistent. Uh, so I, I could see this one hitting under there, but uh, I, I don't know that I I don't know that I'd put too much on that. But I, I kind of like it. 
as I'm looking at that, uh, just kind of jumps out at me. The Packers have been the third best team. We did list those terrible quarterbacks off, but the Packers have been the third best in fantasy football against quarterbacks. So if you have Carson Wentz, I mean, I think you have to at least consider sitting him here. Um, on the other end, you know, Philly has just hemorrhaged points of quarterbacks, but they have been a top five defense against running backs. To your point about this committee for the Packers, I think if you've got Aaron Jones, I've got him. I'm. I have to start him. But man, it is. It's a scary sight right there. I, I'm not excited about starting Aaron Jones this week, and uh, for good reason because this front has been very, very good for Philadelphia. They're coming off limiting Carryon Johnson to a very weak game, um, and they've just been very good throughout this uh, first three weeks, including Devontae Freeman as well. Had a pretty poor game against them. Yeah, but if nothing else, it's a huge opportunity for Green Bay to jump out to a four and zero start, which. I know you, as a part owner of this franchise, would be very happy with, my friend. <laughs> yeah, that All right, great. let's let's move on from Green Bay. Let's consider it a win for you and uh, move on it. to Carolina, taking on taking on Houston. <laughs> Carolina still without Cam Newton. Houston can't protect their quarterback, but their quarterback's still been doing very well in spite of that. How do you see this one happening here on Week Four? Yeah, Bovada's got the Texans as four-point favorites, and I I kind of like the Texans there. I, I know Kyle Allen coming off an awesome game against what we termed it, just an awful secondary in Arizona without Patrick Peterson. Um, you know, I just I don't expect them to, him to be this good again. Although Houston is not exactly doing gangbusters against you know opposing quarterbacks, but I, I just think that this is. This is a comeback-to-earth game a little bit for Kyle Allen, and just generally speaking, I think that their defense is going to have trouble on the road against Deshaun Watson. So I do like the Texans covering the four um, and winning this game outright, but 46.5 is an interesting total. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I kind of like the over there. I'm I'm surprised the line's only four. I I mean, I know Houston's had their issues, and they've kept games close for the most part so far this year, but I think that that Kyle Allen game, I mean, obviously he has four touchdowns, but I don't. I don't see that happening again. I just, I, I don't, I don't think I'm quite there yet. I think Houston should win this one by more. So I'm kind of like the idea of maybe parlaying the over with, with that four point line uh, and going all in on Houston and, and scoring points in this game. Um, but I, yeah, I, I just, I don't see it. I don't see it from Carolina. I think you, you can expect Christian McCaffrey to have another big game. And obviously those receivers have looked pretty good so far this year, but uh, I think that was much like we're going to get to with, with Daniel Jones. I think that, that Kyle Allen game was a bit of an aberration and not probably going to happen again. Um, all right, let's move on. This is, at least in the AFC North, this is definitely uh, the game of the week because there's another dumpster fire that we'll get to later. But <laughs> Cleveland goes on the road to take on Baltimore. Onto, this is a huge game for this Cleveland Browns team. They're 1-2. and two. Everybody expected them to come out and be the team this year. Uh, they're seven-point underdogs looking at Bovada, over-under at 46. Cleveland really could use a win here, and Baltimore is going to be a tough opponent to play on the road. No question, um, and hard not to like the Ravens at minus seven. I mean, let's let's just say what it is. They cover against the Chiefs in Arrowhead. They had a chance to win that game outright against a much better offense. I just don't see how you look at this Cleveland team right now and feel good about them as seven-point dogs. I feel like this line should be around eight, nine, maybe even ten. Um, and, you know, I, I'm actually a believer in the talent on this offense of Cleveland, but they're offensive line has just been so bad and Baltimore's defense is so good against basically anyone not named Patrick Mahomes. I just don't know how Cleveland keeps this all that close unless they give the ball to Chubb a million times and just make it, uh, you know, a plotting type of game. So 
I I mean, it, this is a fishy line to me, and I just feel like the Ravens are a far superior team to Cleveland at this stage of the season. I don't know what to think about this. I mean, the line is wonky. I, I feel like it could be a few points higher. I feel like Cleveland could keep it closer. I feel like this could be a low-scoring AFC North, you know, slobber knocker mm-hmm. of sorts or I feel like this could be a shootout because both of these teams are capable of that on the offensive side of the ball. I just, I don't know what to expect out of this one. I, I, knowing the AFC North and just kind of knowing how things generally go, Cleveland will probably end up winning this. Uh, but I think <laughs> I agree with you and what should happen. Baltimore should win this game. They should win it pretty handily. I just, as, as good as Lamar Jackson's been, I feel like this could be the type of game where he slips up and, and mm-hmm. kind of shows us again that he, he is a second year quarterback he has a lot to still to still do to grow, and I know again. I know he's been extremely good. I know he's got several different ways he can beat you. And I know that the weapons I think have been the surprise with how good they've been, especially Mark Ingram. I think that this could be a game where you get a little bit of, a little bit of that uh, back to earth feeling from Lamar Jackson, and I I wouldn't be surprised to see the Browns win. Although, again, the, what should happen and what 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 I would like to see happen, and based on just our football, what we've seen so far on the field is Baltimore should win this one by a touchdown or two. Uh, but I, I again, I, it's the AFC North and it, it tends to be pretty unpredictable. Uh, so I feel like Cleveland, I wouldn't be surprised if they come in, into Baltimore and get a win just to even things up here. It could happen. All right. I mean, Cleveland has been an underrated defense for what it's worth throughout the season. I know they've played a Jets team without Sam Darnold and, you know, and Marcus Mariota, but generally speaking, Fantasy point-wise, it hasn't been a super lucrative opportunity to take the teams against Cleveland. That includes a good Rams offense. So, um, you know, just something to consider here that Cleveland's defense could, I think you're on to something potentially there with, you know, either Ingram or Jackson or whoever. Maybe the under is in play here. All right, Anshu. This is an interesting game when we look uh, to this next uh, matchup with Kansas City and Detroit. Detroit's 2-0-1. Kansas City, obviously, Sitting at three and zero, they're road favorites, seven points to be exact. In this one, uh, Bovada is expecting a lot of points at fifty four. Detroit, the surprise, at least one of the surprises so far this year. For me, one of the biggest surprises. Yeah, no respect for the lines with this line at seven point home dogs against Kansas City at two zero and one. Um, but I don't disagree with it. I mean, I, I just Kansas City in a controlled environment, man. It's it just seems like it's going to be a feast for uh for Patrick Mahomes we know that Detroit's run defense is actually pretty damn good so not really excited about any whoever ends up starting there whether it's McCoy or Williams or if um you know somebody else some you know happens to come back Damian Williams or whatever but I overall I just I don't know I I'm I'm feeling like this is a line to completely stay away from um but you know I think the lines are probably a little bit better than we're giving him credit for that being said like I just I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes, so it's a total stay away. I think the Lions are going to end up being who we thought they were coming into the season, and I think the Chiefs cover this in a big way. I know they're on the road. I know the Lions have been better. I know that defense in particular is a lot better than we expected, but the Chiefs' offense is just that good. And seven mm-hmm. points, even though they are on the road for me, I'm taking that all day. I I, I kind of wish I would have taken them in a survivor pool that I'm in, but I'm going to save them for later in the year yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm all I'm all in the Chiefs in this game I'm firing everything up in that game from a DFS standpoint on the Chiefs side of the ball I think this is a game where the D- Detroit Lions again and show all right we're not ready for big time but we're a step in the right direction this year uh, which you can't say the same for the Miami Dolphins you just mentioned the, the home <laughs> underdog and the disrespect of the Lions. the Dolphins are going to be home underdogs 
16 and a half <laughs> on Bovada, aren't you? This is crazy, but honestly, it's not crazy. And this is who I did take in my survivor pool, and that's the Los Angeles, not San Diego Chargers. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a stunner to me that the Chargers are this big of favorites on the road against anyone. If you had come into the season, I bet the look ahead line was like eight or nine, but to be this big is, is crazy because the Chargers love to choke. But at the same time, I think you almost have to pick them in Survivor just because the Chargers are kind of like a weird team and you're not even sure if they'll make the playoffs at this stage. Um, so, like, if you can burn them, it's okay to burn them here. The, I think you, the policy in Survivor almost has to be just take whoever's playing the Dolphins at this stage yep. with how bad they <laughs> look. So um, the Chargers are a fine, fine pick here, and that means, you know, fire up everyone. And I think Austin Eckler becomes – you know, for DFS, you know, one of the absolute must plays of the week. Yeah, in Miami, you're probably not playing much. I mean, obviously, you you mentioned Preston Williams. That gets, you get a price spot there, but there's just not mm-hmm. much on Miami. You're going to find any value in any level for any reason. Uh, so for Miami, I mean, I'm just I'm trying to see a path to them not going going on 16 this year and it, the Bengals are the only the only hope for them right now at this point <laughs> that's unfortunate uh no they'll you know they'll I feel like they're probably gonna win one somewhere I just I don't know where it's gonna be they play Washington at home in week six out of, out of a bye that's gonna be an opportunity for them they play the Jets in week nine maybe Sam Darnold recaptures mono and I don't know but other than that it's, it's all <laughs> it's all losses for Miami for sure yeah, not good. A uh, few other 12 o'clock games, we're going to get to them. But before we do that, let's remind our friends about Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Our promo codes will all stay the same. That's Pod25. Yahoo's officially released their Daily Fantasy Football Contest, and they've got that $1 million contest with no management fee and $100,000 to first place, meaning more money goes back to you, the players. There's a 10-entry max. You're not going to be playing against people with 150 lineups like you see on some of the other sites you use. Yahoo also has a $100,000 guaranteed contest, so there's going to be a lot of prizes out there week in and week out. And if you're just getting started with Daily Fantasy Football, join the free-to-enter Yahoo Cup and play all season long. $150,000 in weekly and season-long prizes, and if you get a perfect lineup, you win $1 million. Get started now at yahoo.com slash dailyfantasy and use our promo code POD25. Alonso and I have been using Yahoo Daily Fantasy all season, and we'll continue to do so here in Week Four. All right, Alonso, we've got a few other twelve o'clock games: New England at Buffalo. This maybe I, I, can we call this the game of the week? I mean, Buffalo's seven and a half point home home uh, underdogs. They're three and zero, oh, but I think they're still a fraud in our eyes. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, I think that defense is absolutely for real, but I also think the Patriots' defense is absolutely for real, as indicated by Bovada's 42-point total in this game, which is wild to me. I mean, they're basically saying both defenses are going to have their way in this game. I I, I still think Buffalo is going to have real issues with New England when they decide to spread it out and give it to Dorsett and Gordon and Edelman and all those pieces that they have. And if there's a fantasy, you know, weakness for Buffalo, it's certainly the slot receiver. And, you know, Julian Edelman, we know how good he is. So I think that that's going to be a major target for Buffalo, for the, the Patriots. And I just think that Buffalo will have issues guarding all those weapons. And, you know, the same can't be said the other way around. Yeah, New England, surprisingly, one of the best defenses in the league right now. I, are you willing to take a chance? I mean, I don't know if you'd be taking a chance, but New England, are they one of the 
better defensive plays this week. No question. I mean, I, I think if you've got New England, you can basically start them against anybody at this point. I mean, I obviously you don't want to start them against like Patrick Mahomes on the road or whatever, but essentially every single home game you can play them on the road against anyone not named, I don't know, I, I mean, not named Mahomes maybe. I, I, I feel like they're a pretty solid bet all the way down the road. We saw what they did to Ben Roethlisberger in week one and that offense that many people had high hopes for. So, I mean, New England right now is a runaway train on defense, and I think you got to start them everywhere. Yeah, it's crazy how good this team is. I mean, they, they, they reload. They they bring in Antonio Brown. They get rid of Antonio Brown. Julian Edelman was a little bit banged up last week. They didn't miss a step. Uh, it's It's kind of scary to think about what this team can do if they stay healthy. Once again, and, uh, you know, we could have another very boring NFL playoffs. But hopefully it doesn't come to that. Uh, we've got a lot of football left to play that we need to stay very, very focused on. And I think uh, that's why we do this fantasy show, because it keeps it all interesting. All right, Absolutely. aren't you? Oakland, oh, Oakland and Indianapolis. Indianapolis, one, other, one of the surprises so far this year, the 2-1. T.Y. Hilton might not play in this one. He re-aggravates the quad injury a week ago. Uh, Oakland has not looked great. They're seven-point underdogs here on Bovada going into any this weekend yeah they've since that first game they've really looked poor and uh they're looking one and four in the face as we mentioned last episode before their bye and uh just you know no rest for the weary as they go and play the colts i mean darren waller is an absolute must start against a second uh a linebacking group that basically gives up plays to tight ends like it's their job they they literally just purposely give them up and they just shut down receivers and um, even running backs have have a lot of trouble catching the ball, but tight ends have all day. So I fully expect Darren Waller to be, you know, maybe the top def- tight end this week. He's probably got the highest floor. Um, but other than that, I mean, even if the Colts play without T.Y. Hilton, tough to imagine them losing this game with how rock solid they've been. Showed me a lot last week uh, against the Falcons at home. I know you were we were both a little confused at how that ended up happening when you look at the final stat line, but Colts are just a really well-coached, really fundamentally sound team, and I fully expect them to win. They're actually my survivor pick this week. Especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's been the real surprise for me for the Colts, and Oakland is a team that tends to turn the ball over. I think Indianapolis could be another sleeper here on the defensive side of the ball to uh, have a nice week here. How about the under, uh, and Marlon 25. Mack? I mean, he's. I, I don't. It depends. I think if Ty Hilton plays, it changes things for me on that. True. I, I, I see. True. I see. I see your point, though. But if if if, if Ty is in there, I feel like that this this could end up being a little bit, a little bit more of a point affair. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Oakland is going to turn the ball over, but they'll be playing from behind, so you could see them kind of having one of those. You know, one or two of those drives at the end where they 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 run up the score. I, I that's just to me that's the type of season you're expecting from Derek Carr at this point. Is he's going to be playing from behind? He's going to put up numbers, but this team's going to stink. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's fair. Uh, I could definitely see that, but um, yeah, I mean, if Ty Hilton doesn't play, I think that's a lock. But if it, if he does, then it's a lot tougher. I agree with that. What what do you think is more likely to go under, Oakland, Indianapolis, or this next game we're going to talk about? They're both at 45 on Bovada, Tennessee at Atlanta. Atlanta four-point favorites at home. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I I like that in the under. I just – I don't – it's tough with Atlanta because now Keanu Neal is out for the season. Stop me if you've heard me talk – or heard us talk about injuries to that Falcons defense. Um, <laughs> yeah. This – 
Atlanta just can't avoid them. And, um, you know, Tennessee just can't really score, though. I mean, they obviously put up all those points against Cleveland, but a lot of those were fluky, three of them on – or what, two of them on Baker pick sixes or fumble sixes. So, um, you know, it's it's tough to imagine the overhitting for me. Uh, I would say this is a little likelier to go over just because the Falcons at home are such a tough team. But Tennessee's defense has come to play so far this season, and, you know, there's a decent chance they end up holding up decently well against Atlanta. There's just a few quarterbacks in this league I just want to to be able to figure out. Marcus Mariota is definitely at the forefront of that. Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, guys, I would even almost throw Derek Carr into that, even though we, we saw good and then saw bad out of him. And it, What are we going to get out of these guys? Is Marcus Mariota ever going to get to a point where he's a respectable starting quarterback? And is it going to be able to happen for more than one or two weeks in a row? And that's the question I think he can answer here on the road at Atlanta. Atlanta's you know, been a team that that has shown that they can lose to uh, an opponent like like Tennessee. Uh, you know, I I think that Tennessee could come in here on the road and pull off an upset, but it's going to be because Marcus Mariota is impossible to figure out. Because I would tend to to, to err on the side of caution and say uh, Atlanta is going to win this game. Marcus Mariota stinks after what I saw a week ago and the inconsistencies we've seen out of him this year. I just am not going to be surprised if he goes into Atlanta. To your point about the banged up defense with Atlanta. And, and goes in and has one of those games that it's like, okay, well, this is the Mar- Mariota that was drafted second overall. This is why they're going to continue to 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 stay with him as their starting quarterback. And I don't necessarily know that that's going to end up being a good thing in the long run. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to figure him out. I'm a fan of his, you know that, but I think it's a change of scenery situation. But that being said, yeah, I mean, he can definitely go in there in a controlled environment and against a pretty weak defense, just totally light them up. It's just, it's just so hard to know, like when, when is the Corey Davis breakout going to be? When is, you know, is AJ Brown going to get going? They have talented players. I just feel like they don't have the offensive scheme to get it going. And, and, Honestly, Mariota's just not been very good. He, there's just he's just misfired a bunch, and that's it's just kind of unfortunately his reality with Tennessee. And I just feel like everyone needs a change of scenery at this point. Well said. And speaking of not very good, Washington at the New York Giants. There's no Saquon Barkley in this game. Washington's zero and three. Daniel Jones might be the most exciting thing to look forward to in this last game of the twelve o'clock slate. Giants favored by three at home. And this is the kiss of death shoe lock of the week. Go. <laughs> I watching the. I think student... you did say incorrectly though on on uh, on our previous show. I think you got your lock of the week right. Last did week. I? <laughs> I think you did. I think you had Houston. I I might have, but I I think I said that if you know if uh what's his name? if Cam wasn't playing, I was going to go with Arizona. You would so. have taken right. Yes. I yes. would have taken him. So we'll we'll put an asterisk up on that one, but. I'm going with the Giants, man. I think that they're just clearly the better team. They're even here on Bovada, and I just think that at you know at minus three, they're clearly better than Washington right now in my eyes. I mean, the Giants are not a very good defensive team, but I I just don't see Washington getting it, being able to move the ball aside from Terry McLaurin. So I don't know why I'm even doing this anymore. But the Giants, I, I like with Daniel Jones. I think they've got the vibe, and uh, I think at home they'll be able to get the job done. Really, you're going to stake your claim on a rookie quarterback coming off yes. of a very lucky first performance, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty lucky. <laughs> that's Jameis ballsy. A, I mean, that's a ballsy move. 
I, I look that what else am I going to do? Am I going to pick? I don't know. I, there's no other better one here. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I'm calling my shot. I picked Andy Dalton in week two. I was feeling that too. Let's keep it going. All right. Yep. Take, take another terrible quarterback. I, I mean, I respect it. I, I, I can't, I mean, I don't have a reason. It's not going to happen other than, you know, I think show has shown that he can play well against defenses and I think some of the playmakers he has have started to step up. You have Chris Thompson playing better. You mentioned Terry McLaurin who looks good. Vernon, uh, did I say Vernon Davis? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Vernon Davis obviously has the... Did you see the, the, the attempted hurdle on Monday? Oh man. I so mean, embarrassing. He, he looked... Uh, he was pretty pretty embarrassing but he, he even looks good with Jordan Reed now contemplating retirement. I, I just... I think with how bad the Giants defense is and with Wayne Gallman being kind of an Eddie George esque type of running back, he's not really going to make any, anybody miss. I just, I, I know the Giants have some weapons on offense. I know they had a big game last week, but I think this would be a one where the Redskins could give them some issues and, and at least make it close and, and make you sweat yeah, a little bit. Uh, I, I, totally I, just, I want you to win. <laughs> no, you, you stick with your guns, stick with your I'm guns. Going I'm gonna going to be wrong. I usually am. No, I respect it. All right. Well, with that, we got to move on to three o'clock, and that's Seattle at Arizona. Your semi lock of the week from last week, I guess. But Arizona five and a half point underdogs at home against the Seahawks. The Seahawks trying to bounce back after the loss to New Orleans. Seattle quietly has looked absolutely <laughs> horrible this year. I mean, they should have lost to the Bengals at home week one, and then you know they look pretty decent week two week three they get blown out by teddy bridgewater essentially and you know the final score not indicative of how different that game was in terms of those two teams and so now they go on the road to arizona and i fully expect them to win but this line should not be five and a half so i do like arizona again i feel like i'm doing this over and over again but i do like arizona here to cover and i i think the over at 48 is pretty interesting as well there it is both teams, i love that yeah 48 is I you you feeling the over as well you with me oh I'm big time feeling that over I'm I'm taking that all day I think these two teams are both gonna score I mean you saw last week I I didn't expect that Seattle New Orleans game to be as high scoring as it was especially you know with what we've seen the inconsistencies out of Seattle and with Teddy Bridgewater and it ends up being a high scoring affair I think Arizona should be able to put up points and obviously they're going to be playing for behind you would expect but i agree with you i think it's going to be closer than that five and a half i I really like that i i know i said a parlay in an over or or an under earlier i don't hate a parlay uh on arizona and the over in this one oh yes i'm feeling i think we got to put some money down on that and report back next week i'm i'm with you i like it all right tampa bay trying to get back on track after blowing the game against the giants uh the rams will be at home in this one i mean obviously you would expect a high scoring affair Jameis Winston at least proved that he can throw the ball again and not to the other team more often than not. Uh, but I would expect I would expect the Rams to cover this one. But I, lo- again, love the over. I'm not taking the 10 points, but I like that 50. Totally agree with you on all accounts. I think I would lean towards the Rams getting the 10 or laying the 10. Um, while their offense hasn't clicked on all cylinders just yet, and Tampa Bay's defense has been a little bit better than expected, um, I'm, I'm with you all the way. I think I really like this. I'm liking a lot of the lines this week, which is definitely a sign of – doom to come but uh, <laughs> I, I i'm with you i think the 50 i think this has potential to be a really fun high scoring game which we've said before and then it ends up being like 17 to 13 Burn. So. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep we have all right well what about jacksonville at denver and this is one i think this is it's one of the lowest over unders at 39 i think the bears vikings might be slightly lower 
Uh, but Jacksonville plus three on the road at Denver. I mean, I kind of like Jacksonville on this one just because Denver's looked so bad. But I just can't – I don't know if I could trust Gardner Minshew once again to get things done, especially on the road. Denver's always got a pretty loud crowd. I'm talking myself out of Jacksonville. Yeah, I I wanted to pick Jacksonville just because they've got the vibe right now with Minshew and going on the road. and They're just a team going in the opposite direction of Denver, but I I just feel like Denver is so due. I'm telling you right now, watching them play the Packers last week, I thought they looked better than the Bears all across the board. Um, I just I really think that they're a better team, and I thought Flacco looked, clearly looked better than Trubisky to me. And that, that's not even me ripping on Trubisky. That is honestly, I thought Flacco looked pretty good. I think the receivers are, are solid. But the problem is when you erase Cortland Sutton from this equation, as Jalen Ramsey is likely to do, assuming he's still a Jaguar on Sunday, um, you know, it, it just it reduces their options so much, and that kills the that kills their opportunity. I, I mean, 39 seems like the right number as low as that is. And um, I just don't know that Minshew is going to be able to get it going against the defense with Chris Harris to lock down his boy, DJ Chark. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I think this could be a come to Jesus moment for Mr. Minshew. Yeah. And I think he's due for one of those. That's why I just, I can't get there. I think their defense will make this game fun. If you like defensive football, if you like the big 10, if you like watching at 11 o'clock, Saturday morning Big Ten games you're gonna love this Jacksonville Denver game I think because I think it will be low scoring I almost I'm almost like talking myself into the under here yeah I know it's I know it's low but I just I I can't I'm trying to find a path to these two teams putting up a lot of points and I don't think Gardner Minshew is for real unfortunately I love the story I think it's exciting I just I don't I don't see it especially going on the road in Denver you know their defense is not what it's been in in the past years uh, but I still think Denver's gonna gonna give uh, this rookie fits for sure. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, I I would lean Denver if anything, but I'm t- a total stay away on the total because uh, I would go under. Fair enough. All right, Minnesota, Chicago. This is the last three o'clock slate. This is the the lowest over under officially at three thirty eight and a half on Bovada. Uh, these are two of the better defenses in the league. Obviously, Chicago at home. Uh, I know that you'd love to see both of these teams lose, or at the very least tie, but it's very unlikely, aren't you? So who do you think is going to end up winning this one? <laughs> oh, man. I, I, oh, man. It, this is a really tough call. I probably would have to say if my life's on the line, I'm betting the Bears, but I don't like it at all. I mean, I only because Minnesota has completely neutered their pass offense, despite the fact that they've got Diggs and Thielen and Irv Smith Jr. and Kyle Rudolph and Delvin Cook. I mean, they're not throwing the ball at all, and I just think the Bears' defensive front could have a field day. One thing to watch is Akeem Hicks. He got hurt early in that Washington game. If he is out, that's a that's a big minus for the Bears' run defense. And we saw them have some trouble in the second half against Washington, and if that carries over, Minnesota's going to win this game on the road. But I, it's a total, complete push to me, and uh, I have no feel. Do you have any? No, I agree. I think it's a tough coin flip type of a game, which would lead me to take probably Minnesota. I, I just – I agree with you. I don't know that the pass game will have – have a lot of success but I think Dalvin Cook again I think he's I think he's the one guy that can kind of give Chicago fits because you can you can use utilize him in so many different ways mm-hmm. and obviously you know the Bears are going to be in Kirk Cousins face most of this day so Dalvin Cook's going to be hopefully if I'm right the guy that, that that is the difference maker I know there's a little bit of bias in that but I, I mean the proof is in the pudding so far this year and no I, I think that's the one guy that can make make you make you miss. Uh, also, you know, looking at what Chris Thompson was able to do, had some big plays, kind of in 
garbage time, obviously, but uh, the screen game could open up for Minnesota and could be the one saving grace for Kirk Cousins because he just cannot get the ball downfield this year. So I, I would lean Minnesota, but that's only because I think this game really should be a pick 'em. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I think that they're totally even, which means three is about right because it's on the road. But, man, I, I, this is an avert-your-eyes game for sure. Yeah, agreed. All right, Sunday night football. Dallas will head to New Orleans. Can Teddy Bridgewater be the hero for the New Orleans Saints? They're three-point underdogs at home. Obviously, Dallas has looked very good so far this year. I expect Zeke to have a big one finally, give him an opportunity to get the full workload and that New Orleans Saints defense. Uh, you know, obviously they, they've done a good job against the run, uh, but I think that this is a way they get Zeke out in space, much like we just talked about with Dalvin Cook. I, I like Dallas here uh, on the road to cover. I do too. Full, totally with you. As we said last show, New Orleans has been the worst team in football against fantasy quarterbacks this year, which means Dak Prescott on the road in the Superdome it has to be a very good choice. And, um, you know, Amari Cooper probably going to have trouble against Marshawn Lattimore, but assuming Devin Smith could be a really good option, I'm actually going to double down on him as my sleeper of the week. I think that he has the potential to go off here as a post-hype sleeper or a post-sleeper sleeper, I guess. Um, I, I just... I'm not sure that that Lattimore, that they're going to go to Cooper with Lattimore there, but I, I'm with you on Zeke. I feel like they're going to go to him uh, quite a bit, even though New Orleans' run defense has been pretty good. Did a good job against Carson and ProSize last week. So, um, But that being said, I, I just think Dallas is clearly the better team, so I, I'm with you on that. I think that the three is a good bet. Shoe sleeper, I like it. So we've got uh, shoe sleeper now and the lock of the week. Obviously, we've got one last game to talk about on you, and that's the Bengals Let's on the road go. taking on Pittsburgh. They're four-point underdogs on Bovada. Uh, obviously, the, this game usually has a lot more playoff implications. It's 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 got a little bit more to play for, but I think that th- this game does still have plenty to play for as these two teams both sit at 0-3. Mason Rudolph at the helm for Pittsburgh. Andy Dalton. Alton's still at the helm for Cincinnati. They've they've had some good things go on, but it, it, I just it's a frustrating team to watch right now. And the only thing that can make that better is watching them beat Pittsburgh. So you can almost guarantee that it won't happen. This should have been your lock of the week. Four. <laughs> no way, no way would I take the four here. This is for a not totally neutral observer. I I mean I think that this this game is so impossible to predict. I mean. Pittsburgh with their backup quarterback, obviously, and then you've got Dalton, and you know what Dalton has looked like in two of the three games has been pretty good. Um, and and the reality is both these defenses have had a lot of trouble with opposing running games, and um, you know Pittsburgh's obviously also had issues with receivers as well. So um, if we're looking, if we're just stacking defenses, Cincinnati's been a lot better, with the exception of missing a million tackles against the San Francisco. So. <laughs> I mean, my lean is plus four because I think it should be three, um, but I, I honestly probably won't bet it. Don't. Yeah, this is a stay away for me big time. I have no idea what to expect out of this game, and I guess it's partly because both of these teams, both the Bengals and Steelers, even though they are 0-3, at times in each of those games, you you you, you didn't know what 
which version of the Cincinnati Bengals or the Pittsburgh Steelers you were going to get. True. I think that it's so impossible to predict which version we're going to see in this game, especially on Monday night under the lights. You know, you've got a rookie, well, a second-year quarterback who's really playing as a rookie because it's his first action, and then you've got uh, the Cincinnati Bengals who just have a poor offensive line. You mentioned how the tackling struggles that they've had, the injuries that they've been fighting through. You know, we were hoping to have AJ Green back by this game, and that's clearly not going to happen. So. I just don't know which version of either one of these teams we're going to get. So for me, I, from a betting standpoint, I'm a stay away 100%. I do like Tyler Boyd in this game quite a bit. I think he's going to pile up a lot of catches. Uh, that Pittsburgh Steelers secondary has not looked good so far this year. Uh, so I think uh, I think Tyler Boyd's a guy who could who could maybe uh, give you some production this week. But as far as other guys, I'm pretty much staying away from everything. Actually. James Conner would probably be another guy I like just because the Bengals have been so bad against the run and James Conner has been so bad this year. I think this is a game he'll break out and show that he's still worth something at a fantasy level. Could be. I'm, I'm interested too, because this is going to be the one game slate on Monday night out in Tate is going to end up being super, super cheap. I mean, you've got to fill out a roster on the one game showdowns. I, I think that out in Tate is a guy who looked pretty impressive to me last week. I mean, kind of shades of a poor man's AJ as far as like that big outside receiver. So um, gives him a different body type when you think of Ross and Boyd and then you add him into the fray. So uh, I'm interested, if nothing else, to see how he looks against Pittsburgh. Yeah, he obviously, uh, you know, he earned that starting job. Um, what was it, Damian Willis, who who had had that job and just hadn't looked very good in those first few games. Uh, so Alden Tate, obviously a guy that I'm fond of because he's a Florida yes. State guy. Uh, he ends up with 88 yards a week ago on six catches, and I think they'll try to get him more involved just because of his sheer size. They don't really have another person like that on the offensive side of the ball with A.J. out. So, yeah, I like that call out for sure. Um, all right, Anshu, we made it through our preview of week four. Was there anything that we didn't touch on? We got through Shoes Sleeper. We got through your uh, – shoe in of the week is there anything that we didn't touch on that you wanted to no sir i'm excited for this week hopefully the packers don't choke it on thursday and the Bengals don't choke it on monday yeah let's get some prime time wins i mean yeah i'm good with the the packers staying undefeated if my Bengals can also get a win under their belt here as well uh real quick we wanted to just just very quickly do a little bit of leftovers because we haven't talked baseball in a while i know yeah. that is a quick shift of the gears but we've got a lot of implication here Toward the end of the year, it looks like the Cubs may be on the outside looking in, but in the uh, in the AL wild card, there's still th- some things to be decided on. You, so I just wanted to get your thoughts here on the baseball landscape, especially when we look at the wild card and how things are going to kind of finish out here. Yeah, super interesting. So the Indians came into Chicago on the south side tonight and blew the doors off of our White Sox. Oh, whooping which on is it, fun. <laughs> just an absolute beating. Um, the Indians remain, I believe, one game back of the Rays for that second wild card spot and one game back of the A's as well. So um, they're they're hanging around, but it's going to be – actually, they're a half game back, sorry, of the Rays. So the Rays won in yep. walk-off fashion today. Going to be super close with those three teams. Um, but, you know, right now it looks like the A's are going to play host to whichever team outlasts the other amongst those last two. Yeah, definitely going to be interesting. Obviously, uh, the big the big story there for the Indians, Jose Ramirez comes in first day being activated from uh, being injured and, and has a grand slam in his first at bat and a three-run homer in his second at bat oh. against our White Sox. So not a bad, oh, bad first couple of bats of the day. Uh, but yeah, it, on the other side, you talk, we talked a little bit about the Cubs. They've lost seven in a row. 
Obviously, they were without Rizzo for a bit. Baez has been out. He's been trying to come back as a pinch runner, and, and, and he did have one pinch hit attempt. But Milwaukee, on the other side, has been just amazing down the stretch, even without Christian Yelich. So it looks like Milwaukee's probably going to that last wild card spot there in the NL. But any surprise there that they've been able to continue that success? Nine and one in their last ten without Christian Yelich. I Five mean, straight as well. So surprising. I mean, yeah, they've they've played against some weak competition, but you know, you gotta you have to play the teams that are on your schedule, and you they just keep winning. And so, even though they have a amazingly they have a negative run differential, does Milwaukee, where the Cubs have a plus one hundred eleven. Um, so maybe some people would say the Brewers don't deserve to be in this spot. I wouldn't disagree with that necessarily, but they are where they are. Um, you know, their bullpen has been clutch in big moments. They've won close a lot of close games. And, you know, it's looking very, very good for them. I mean, the Cubs need an absolute miracle. Uh, and I believe their magic number is one uh, as far as be, before they're eliminated. So I just hate to see it for the Cubs because their fans deserve it so, so you much. Hate, you hate to see it. Just hate <laughs> to see it. No, I mean, it has been a – it has definitely been a rough go. I mean, that if there's a – I don't know if I've ever seen this bad of a collapse. I mean, it's it's been brutal. Um, but oh, but. Uh, it is what it it's is. Cost you know, Joe and Madden his so job. It probably will, and uh, you know this team. Uh, that window is closing for sure. I mean, yeah. I don't know what we're going to see out of the Cubs in, in this off season. What do they do? Do they try to stay in the hunt? Do they try to bring in some pitching like they've done the past few off seasons and spending all the money they've spent for for nothing essentially? So, <laughs> it's it, that's a storyline to watch in the off season. But uh, there's still some baseball left to be played here as we look to. Uh, October. So I just wanted to get your thought on the wildcard races as they're coming to an end. Uh, But aren't you, that is going to hopefully, I think, I think we're good, right? That's right. I think that should bring us to an end as well. All right. If, uh, if you have nothing to add, then my friend, I think we should let our listeners get to their weekend. It's week four. Uh, We're almost a quarter of a way through the NFL season. If you could believe that Uh, it's crazy how fast it goes. So enjoy it while you can and get some wins, win some money. And uh, we'll talk to you guys in a week. So for Anshu Kana, I'm Josh Dunn. Our time has come to an end on the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour.